Deb Fox has 25 years experience in luxury retail, travel and tourism organisations. She spent 16 years working at APT Travel where she was Head of Marketing, General Manager and Chief Commercial Officer. A year ago she was appointed Managing Director of Abercrombie in Kent, Australia who for more than half a century have been pioneers in the luxury travel sector. ANK is a specialist in bespoke adventures covering everything from private luxury jet experiences to cruise ships on the Nile. Welcome to the show Deb. Oh Kirsty thank you very much for having me. Hello everyone. Firstly let's just go way back and tell us a little bit about why you chose travel as a career path. Uh, that is a great question. I'm very I'm incredibly fortunate to work in this industry. You know since I was a young girl I remember being so interested in the world and the wonder of it and and then followed into anthropology so from there I saved every penny uh, hopped on a plane and did the rite of passage trip to Europe and backpacked around Europe for quite some time and I knew then that this was the career that I wanted to be in um, because it does bring such richness to people's lives it breaks down barriers um, and I don't think there's any greater gift than travel in the world. Fantastic. So you started out anthropology, did you say? Yes, that's <laughs> what I started with um, at uni, and then uh, here I am working in the industry, and um, so took a bit of a turn, but it's, uh, it's where I want to be, and I absolutely love it. It's a privilege every day. Fantastic. What, so tell us a bit about the sorts of experiences um, or how travels evolved from, you know, when, when you were first in the industry even um, and, and obviously um, with your background having worked for APT and how sort of how it's evolved and, what, and what's changed. I mean, obviously we've had those, those few years of, of the pandemic which has had significant impact on the industry, but, but just tell us about sort of how you feel it's evolved and changed mm-hmm. and what people are now seeking that they weren't maybe before. Mm, that's a really good question. I think if I think back in the past, uh, travellers were very happy to do a, a package holiday, a predetermined itinerary and and a bit of flop and drop as well. Just buy a package, go somewhere, spend a week in a resort or a big hotel, uh, a little bit of backpacking, I suppose, for some, but very much um cookie cutter style trips and then as the years have gone on what i've noticed and particularly in the last probably four or five years um excluding covid is that luxury is becoming the new expectation and the new normal and not in the way that luxury once was Uh, so luxury i think was deemed before as butlers big five-star hotels um, now it's about the experiences. Luxury is about access, uh, access to something that's authentic and real, unusual, hard to get to and hard to experience and really digging down deeper, um, staying in smaller, more boutique um uh, hotels, camps, lodges, things like that, and just having a more intimate experience. So I think luxury is definitely the lead, but luxury in a new way, which is around life experience and the value of that life experience. So curated, very bespoke, uh, handcrafted itineraries is what most 
of our guests that we're seeing is what they're after. So something that is just for them rather than that cookie cutter approach. And if I think about that, that's really leading into the destinations that they're traveling to as well. So we're seeing those bucket list destinations or that once in my life, I'm going to do this like Egypt, Jordan, Israel, Morocco, Africa. Uh, those areas are now becoming mandatory places to go and they're doing multiple regions together. So instead of thinking, I'll do Egypt this year in two years time, Jordan, they're saying I'm going to do it all now because I actually don't know what's going to happen in the future. So it's it's time to make it make it now and make it a priority yes. uh, in life. And, and is that, do you think, um, because obviously you, it's, a, it's a good explanation of the reasoning behind it, which is obviously that people feel like they've sort of missed out and also haven't been able to travel those few years. Do you think that that's why maybe also multi-gen travel is sort of in demand? And is that something, are people taking, or are you seeing that for these really unique places that you've mentioned, that people are actually taking extended family? Yeah, it's incredible. It. We're seeing particularly grandparents are wanting to take their children and their grandchildren. So we have, we're seeing a lot of large family groups traveling uh, Africa, doing safari, Egypt for the history, uh, Japan for the, the culture. Uh, those three areas in particular uh, have become significantly large for multi-generational travel. They want their, they want to have experiences with their children and their grandchildren. I think uh, we all missed out on so much for a number of years that they want to make up for that now and probably valuing time together uh, more. And it's about not taking, you know, the money and just leaving it for them when they go. It's about using it to have the experiences while they can yeah. with people that they love and care about. So if I was going to go, wanted to go on a bucket list um, travel experience just with, say, my t teenage boys or, you know, or, or if someone was wanting to go with, with their children who were maybe a little older, uh, young adults, what, what are the sorts of places and, and where do you think they can go that won't literally break the bank but still ticks that luxury box? And is, um, is it, I mean, what, what are sort of some of the experiences that, that they could have? That's a great question and I think an important one being that to do multi-generational does not have to cost the world, uh, that you can have itineraries created that will choose specific camps and lodge stays that would suit a family, uh, a little bit more rustic but still providing those incredible um, experiences that you want to have with your children. So I think Africa is a standout for a destination like that. Um, other areas would be um, in South America. So while it's a distance to travel, once you're there, you can actually do it quite well as a, as a family. So you've got Brazil, Argentina, uh, Peru, and the new, uh, I think the best kept secret in Latin America is Colombia. And that is an excellent destination to take children, particularly teenage children. Um, and it won't break the bank as well. Yeah. And and a lot of those, um, is it for the culture as much as the wildlife? And I guess that sort of also um, would explain the growth in cruising too, because obviously a lot of the reasons people are wanting to go on sort of more expedition cruising rather than, than generic, you you know cruising w would be because of the the wildlife element is that is that part of it and obviously also the, the unique and remote remoteness of it 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's because of that access to remote regions is what cruising gives you, particularly expedition cruising, um, and that you've got you've got the wildlife and the culture. So if you think about things like um, Antarctica, you've got the wildlife, but you have an incredible geographic. Um, destinational experience that really transports you to what feels like another another world um, and then you've got the north pole you can now cruise on an expedition ship right up to the geographic north pole on icebreakers you've got the wildlife but you have this incredible nature um, and uh, and physical environment around you that is just impossible to experience unless you're doing an expedition cruise so it does give you access and, and what about the accessibility for people in Australia who might want to do some of these experiences but um, feel a little prohibited by airline costs? Well, one thing I am really happy to see, and this is very recent, I'd say it's only in recent weeks, is that airline capacity is starting to open up. So over the last 12 months, it has been astronomically expensive and to actually gain seats on on airlines to where you want to go to when you want to go to has been very difficult uh, but what we're seeing now is that airline capacity is at about 80 percent of where it was pre-2020 uh, so with that people can access flights which is great the flights are still a bit more on the premium uh, side cost wise but you can get on now and that's really from mid this year onwards we're seeing that really open up great and and are there any other sort of areas that you're seeing or changes that you're seeing in in, in the way we're traveling and, and sort of what, what we're looking for the sorts of things that um a and k are obviously uh, um offering uh, two things come to mind. One is the remote um, and previously um, not unpopular, but um, more unique destinations. So you've got things like um, Madagascar, Bhutan, Mongolia in recent weeks. We've had a huge amount of interest in Armenia, Saudi Arabia. Uh, so you've got places that have previously either been closed to tourism uh, or have been really unique and exotic. So they are opening up now and that's what guests want a bit more of that experience. But when they're doing that, they're also wanting to ensure that there is a balance between tourism and the balance of community and environment as well. And something that we do is every area that we go to, every region is ensure that we have uh, projects or programs where we can balance um, between visitation and ensuring light impact. And our guests have a huge interest in being involved and learning about that when they're away as well. So those unusual destinations, but mixed with some uh, community responsibility as well yes and that is, is certainly a growth area too isn't it that imp importance of treading lightly and it's really nice to see the evolution of the the knowledge and travelers and a, and a much broader understanding of the importance of of when they're traveling ensuring that they're doing so in a way that doesn't have a significant impact on the environment and also assists the communities that they're visiting it's so true yeah and and i think it's one of the things that you carry away from a trip that you never forget, it stays with you.
Mm, absolutely. Look, we could talk for hours about this, um, but um, thank you for giving us um, a, a really good overview of of the sorts of things travellers are wanting and the and the evolution of the industry. And it's um yeah, I'm sure we'll we'll have to we'll have to pick up again and and have another conversation to to finish it all off and fit it all in. Oh, I'd love to. Thanks so much, Kirsty. It's been an absolute pleasure talking about my favourite subject in the world. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're most welcome. Thanks so much, Deb. This is the Travel Writer Show on J Air 88 FM in Melbourne.